today I do believe there's a strong word for somebody. So if you would stand with me and either turn or scroll to Matthew chapter 16 verse 19. Matthew chapter 16 verse 19. have it just say I got it and it reads it says I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven Father we thank you we praise you today we worship you today God we magnify your name for Jesus you are worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down to the same Jesus, you are worthy to be praised. Father, you brought us through so many obstacles, brought us out of so many situations. You came through time after time. So today, Jesus, we give you honor and reverence. We lift up our hands and we say thank you. We worship you today, Jesus. We magnify your holy name, God, because without you, Jesus, we wouldn't make it, God. Without you, Jesus, we would be torn apart, God. Without you, Jesus, we would have no life in us. We realize today, Jesus, that if it had not been for the Lord on our side, where would we be? So Father, we magnify your name and we glorify you because you deserve all praise and honor and you are due everything that we have in us. Today, Jesus, we will not be spectators. Today, Jesus, we will not look at everybody else, but we will examine ourselves. And we will give you the fruit of our lips and bless your holy name. Father, bless this word. Let it touch somebody. Let it bless somebody. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, um, I'll be ministering from a topic simply, access granted. Access granted. In the beginning of our text, we will find that the Pharisees and the Sadducees are working together to tempt Jesus. These two political parties who totally abhorred each other were working together to disprove Jesus as Christ. 
To do this, they asked Jesus to show them a sign, a sign from heaven that would prove he is whom he says he is. And if we are honest, some of us may not have been in the same position as the Pharisees and Sadducees, but a lot of us in here have said or prayed that prayer in our own private lives. We've asked Jesus to show us a sign. We've asked Jesus to show us something that lets us know that he's still in control, that he is the savior of our lives. Even myself, if I'm honest, about three months ago, found myself asking God this very question. Three months ago, my wife, God blessed my wife to deliver a healthy baby boy. Man. During the process of the delivery, we ran into some complications. Went in for a regular checkup just to make sure everything was okay. Nothing was supposed to happen. She was just supposed to be examined, and then we were going to go home. We had a whole evening planned. We had a whole afternoon lined up of what we were going to do that day. As they were examining her, they noticed that there was spurts where the baby's heart rate would drop drastically. They monitored her for hours on hours, and then they hit us with, to make a long story short, we must do a C-section now to remove the baby, or we fear he will not last through delivery. I was shook. Shook to the bottom of my core. I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed. Prayed before we went to the doctor's appointment and had all the confidence in God that everything was going to turn out all right. When the doctor hit us with this news, I found myself distraught, confused, hurt, abandoned, and I found myself questioning God. They rolled my wife out to the operating room and me doing everything I can to hold it together. As soon as they took her out, I fell in my seat. Began to cry out to God and I said, God, I know I should have all the faith in the world right now. I know that I should be strong. I know that I should have the utmost confidence in you. But I need to know that you are with us and that everything is going to work out all right. Stood there in my seat crying out to God. And something strange happened in the midst of my prayer. The doctor who was doing the surgery came into the room to greet me. He saw me sitting down and he looked at me and he said, Sir, is everything all right? 
me trying to be macho and manly at that moment, man to man, I said, sir, I'm, I'm fine. I said, I, 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 it's not what we expected, but I know everything, everything is going to work out. He said, well, sir, would you mind standing, please? I stood up, and he did something that was unusual to me. He leaned over and grabbed me and gave me the biggest hug. And he said these words in my ear. Jesus has this baby, and everything will be all right. I stood up. And the doctor left the room and I said, thank you, Jesus. I'm understanding that it is not what you ask, but it is the heart behind how you ask it. The issue with the Pharisees and the Sadducees asking for a sign was that their heart was evil. Their heart was wicked. Their heart was deceitful. And they were doing what they could to disown him as Christ. After all that he had performed, they, they did whatever they could to make sure no one would believe that he was the Savior. My brothers and sisters, I ask of you to examine your heart. And could it be that some of our prayers that are unanswered are because of the heart behind that question and what we are asking God to do? For the Bible says that we, if we ask amiss, we shall receive nothing. Examine your heart. Make sure your heart is pure. For the psalm writer said, Jesus created me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. Why? So that I can be sure that when I enter your presence and when I ask my request that it is coming from a sincere and honorable place, can the church shout hallelujah. We see here that they demand to see a sign from heaven to prove that he is who he says he is. They demand to see some sign or wonder that would prove that he is the Messiah. Jesus declines their request. Not because he could not. Not because he was not able. Not because he didn't have the ability. He did not deny it because he didn't have the power to show them a sign. But number one, he denied it because Jesus does not have to operate in insecurity or pride to prove that he is the Christ. Jesus does not have to operate and be flashy 
and arrogant to prove that he is the Messiah. Jesus does not have to show off all of his capabilities to prove that he is who he says he is. He is secure within himself. Not only does he not have to do the signs followed him and before our text he had already fed 4,000 with seven pieces of bread and a few fish. This alone should have proved that he is the Messiah and yet they still had no faith. But at the end of the day, Jesus declines their request because he understands that there is nothing he could have done to prove that he was who he said he was. He could have called out fire from heaven and it still wouldn't have been enough for them to believe that he is the savior. It wouldn't have been enough. It wouldn't have been enough for them to say and finally admit that he is the Christ, the soon coming savior. Can the church shout hallelujah? Matthew chapter 21 verse 14 it says that the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. He healed them and then the chief priest heard the wonderful things that he did. The children crying in the temple saying Hosanna to the son of David. They were so displeased. Jesus performed miracles right in their face. And it still wasn't enough to prove that he was the Messiah to them. And some of us in this room, if we'll be honest, have done everything in our power to prove to others that we are who God called us to be. We've done everything in our power to prove ourselves, whether it be to family, whether it be to friends. We've done everything in our ability to prove and yet and still they don't believe. My brothers and sisters, may I admonish that you take your eyes off of the people that you take your eyes off of what everybody else may say that you take your eyes off of what everybody else may think that you no longer be concerned about what others may say that you be no longer concerned about what others may think about you but that you understand that there's one thing that matters in this life and that is to please your Lord and Savior and that if nobody else is happy with you, that if nobody else is satisfied with you if nobody else cares about the work that you are doing, that as long as Jesus loves me as long as Jesus is happy with me, as as long as Jesus is satisfied with my life, everything is all right. Can the church shout hallelujah? 
So here, Jesus does not perform what they ask of him. But he, he, he tells them, he says, there's only one sign that I will give to this generation. And it is the sign of Jonah. He says, there's only one sign that I will perform that you, that you will see. And that is this, that the Son of Man will go into the grave like Jonah went into the belly of a whale. And in three days, he will rise again and the word and the gift of repentance shall be preached when you find yourself in situations where you cannot see Christ when you find yourself in situations where you cannot feel God please take your mind back to Calvary and remember the sacrifice that he made for you remember the blood that was shed for you remember the stripes that was taken from you remember that he wouldn't do it if he didn't love you he wouldn't have sacrificed himself if he didn't care and you are in his hands can the church shout glory and so then Jesus moves he moves on and begins their travels and while they begin their travels the disciples now are arguing amongst themselves the disciples are arguing amongst themselves because they brought no bread they brought nothing to eat with him and while they were traveling and the disciples were worrying Jesus says to them beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees he says here that leaven is the yeast that is added to bread that makes it rise and expand leaven is used metaphorically to represent sin or false doctrine it is used because a little bit of it will leaven a small little bit of bread it will cause it to rise and expand just by having a small amount all it takes is a little bit Ah, let me let me say it again it only takes a little bit of leaven to raise the whole loaf of bread it only takes a little bit of leaven to spoil the whole bread it only takes a little bit let me let me let me let me say it again it only takes 
a little bit. It only takes a little bit of leaven to spoil the whole loaf. All it takes is a little bit of sin that can cause great tragedy. Let me, 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 let me say it again. For someone who might have missed it, let me, let me, let me say it one more time. So that just in case you missed it, you can understand the gravity of what this is saying. A little leaven, just a tiny bit, can spoil the whole loaf. Just a little bit of sin can cause major tragedy. Please understand, just a little bit. I know, I know. You said God is only one time. But a little bit, just a little bit can cause tragedy. I know you said God. Jesus, I hear you. I know you said God. This man, this woman is just, just one time. God, I know, I know I shouldn't be here, but God is just one time. Please understand what he is saying and the warning that Jesus is bringing. A little bit, just a little bit. E thought that just taking one bite would be okay but just a little bit caused major tragedy just a little bit that's why during Passover God commanded them he said get all the leaven out of your house check your house check it thoroughly make sure make sure that the little bit is gone out of your house church of the living God may I admonish you to examine your physical house may I admonish you to examine your physical being the place where the Holy Ghost resides and ask him God get rid of the little bit get rid of the little bit God get rid of the little bit the little bit is keeping me from destiny the little bit is keeping me from your glory the little bit is keeping me from the best that you got for me the little bit is getting ready to destroy my life God take out the little bit can the church shout hallelujah Shout glory one more time. Get rid of the little bit. So then Jesus is sending out his warning. He's sending out his warning. 
promise y'all, I'm halfway through, and I'll land this plane. He's, he's getting ready to show them and trying to give them warning. But because the disciples are so focused on their need, because they are so focused on not having any bread, they miss the warning that God gives to them. They miss what God's trying to communicate because their focus was so much on their natural that they missed the spiritual message that God was trying to convey to them. Can the church shout glory? They miss, they miss the message. They miss the warning. They miss, they miss the advice. They miss, they miss what God wanted to do in their lives. They missed God trying to steer them out of danger because they were not focused. They were focused on their natural man, not understanding that in the passage before, Jesus took seven loaves and fed 4,000. And when Jesus perceives that they are missing his message, he says to them, why are you worrying about bread? Why are you anxious about bread? Wasn't you there when I fed 5,000? Wasn't you there when I fed 4,000? God is admonishing some of you that you are missing him because you worried about stuff he didn't already provide it for. You are worried about stuff that he already took care of. He already showed you he could heal your body. He already showed you he could pay your bills. He already showed you he could bless your mind. So why are you sitting here worried with your arms crossed, your legs folded, like God ain't did nothing and that it can't bring you out again if it did it back then sure surely if it did it before he'll do it again can the church shout hallelujah I'm gonna get ready to close but as as they land at their destination as they land and I gotta get ready to close I've been up here long long enough as they get ready to go as they get ready to land and arrive at 
their destination. Jesus asked a very important question. Jesus asked a very important question. He says to them, who, 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 who do men, who do men say that I am? They ask him, they say, whom, whom do men say that I am? They repeat back to him what the rumor had been around that time. They said, some say, you're John the Baptist. Some say, you are the prophet Jeremiah. Some say that you are the great Elijah. Some say that you are a great prophet. They begin to repeat what it is that they hear. But the question that Jesus asked was leading to a question that was more important. He was leading to a question that is more important than what everybody else has to say about Jesus but he says but who but who but who do you say that I am gotta get ready to close but whom whom do you say that I am I heard what you told me mama said about me I heard what you said daddy said about me I heard what you said the professor said about me I heard I heard I heard and I understand what the Sunday school teacher had to say about me but whom do you say that I am whom do you know me to be who do you know that I I am to be do you know me ask your neighbor do you know him do you know who he is are you just familiar with him is he just a date on Sunday that you come every now and then is he just a common prayer that you say over your food is he is he is he just some that you see painted on a wall or is he your Lord and Savior can the church shout hallelujah and then with all boldness and with all authority Peter stands up and he says he says that thou art the Christ the son of the living God I know who he is I know him it's been revealed to me who he is how has it been revealed who he is to you because he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am that I am his own I know who he is because I seen him raise the dead I know who he is because I seen him open up the blinded eyes I 
know who he is because I've seen him heal the sick. I know who he is because I have a personal experience that when I was sick, he healed my body. I know who he is because when I was down at my worst, he stretched his arms and he lifted me up out the gutter that I was in. I know who he is because I seen him do the miraculous. I've seen him perform the miracle. The very fact that I'm in church today is the very proof that I know, I know who can the church shout glory shout glory one more time Jesus he repeats back to him he says thou art Peter but I will build my church on this rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and I give you keys and I give you authority I got to go to mercy but out of all my siblings I'm the only one that has keys to my mama's house to the front door and the back door I got keys to go in my mama's house she's given me the authority to operate inside of her house she gave me access to get in and to get what I need and to get out she's given me access to get whatever I need that I need to supply in my life God sent me here to remind somebody that because of your faith because of your belief because of your relationship because you know that he is savior because you know that he is the messiah because you've been water baptized because you've been filled with the holy ghost that he's given you keys and whatever you need inside the kingdom you can go inside and you can get and whatever you bind on earth God said I'm still in heaven whatever you loose on earth I'll loose it in heaven whatever you need God sent me to remind somebody you got access go in and get it go in and take it go in whatever you need if peace is what you need go get it if love is what you need go get it if joy is what you need go get it whatever whatever you need God said you got access and grab what I 
Everyone standing. I got keys. So because I got keys, I can unlock the door. And whatever's in the kingdom, I can get. There's two words in the text. There's bind and there's loose. The word bind means whatever I strap together and I hold tight and I restrict. The word loose means whatever I break, whatever I set free. God gave you keys, He gave you authority. And he says, you've been living underneath, underneath the power that I've given you. I gave you the power that whatever shouldn't be, I can stop it. And whatever should be, in the kingdom I can bring it out and I can release it you do not have to keep letting the devil destroy your family destroy your house destroy your faith God said whatever you bind Whatever you lose, I'll lose. So that means if I'm dealing with depression, I can find that. And if I need peace, I can lose it. Because he's given me the keys. Every hand lifted. I'm getting ready to go. But I need you to reflect back on your life and examine what is running rampant that should be bound and what is in the kingdom that God said you can have that should be loosed. I need every eye closed. I need you to reflect. What has been disrupting your peace? God said, time. And whatever you need from him, he said, Lucy, we're getting ready to pray. And I need everybody at the sound of my voice to believe that today, whatever I bind on earth, 
God's going to bind it in heaven. And whatever I loose in this earth, in this life, God's going to loose it in heaven. Father, we thank you. We praise you and we give you glory. Father, without you, we are nothing. Without you, Jesus, we cannot make it. Without you, Jesus, we can't stand. Without you, Jesus, we are lost. And God, today, we say thank you for the keys. Thank you, Jesus, for the keys that you've given us, the access that you've given us to the kingdom that we can loose on earth. So, Father, whatever is troubling us, we bind it in the name of Jesus. Whatever spirit that's not like you, God, we bind it in the name of Jesus. No more depression, you have to cease. No more anxiety, you have to cease. You will no longer ruin our lives. You will no longer stop us from being what we should be. And we lose peace, we lose joy, we lose healing. And Father, we seal it with the praise and we thank you and we glorify you. We magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.
to the altar. 